Welcome to Live Your Full Life Now podcast. Um, hope you're all doing wonderful and enjoying this beautiful Christmas season. Uh, remembering that really all our celebration during the Christmas season, it's all about celebrating the birth of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope you're just enjoying the change of seasons. We're still in the um, fall season, still enjoying the beautiful changing of uh, the tree leaves, colors, and um, just a little bit colder weather. Uh, it's not winter. I think this year it's winter starts December 21st. But anyway, hope you're enjoying every minute of it and enjoying God's beautiful creations and your fellowship with one another. Um, so I'm continuing the teaching on the subject. I called it who and what is the Holy Spirit. Um, first thing I want to clarify is Holy Spirit is not an it. Holy Spirit is a person. Um, remember, we talked about this in the previous teaching. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend um, that you listen to that first before you listen to this teaching, because this is kind of building up on that. And we're going to be talking about the benefits of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but just to recap briefly, Holy Spirit is um, the Spirit of God. You know, there's three parts to God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And <clears throat> since it's a person, it's a spiritual person, it's the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit's role is to basically to teach us, to um, convict us when we do something wrong, to guide us, to speak to us, to give us wisdom and direction. Um, to help us when we need help, uh, to show us and to glorify God in our lives. And he bears us a witness and also to remind us of the things of God. So we're going to get into that deeper. Um, but some might say, okay, so how does that um, help me? Well, first of all, we talked about if you are truly, truly a follower of Christ, if you're truly saved, then God has already deposited the Holy Spirit in you. There's a mark, there's a seal on you that says you are the child of the most high god you have the holy spirit in you and that's guaranteeing your salvation and that's guaranteeing life after this physical death that you will live in eternity uh, with our father in heaven um <clears throat> so this teaching as i said i kind of wanted to get deeper into the things of the holy spirit um the, again, the benefits of having the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that he reveals things to us. And this is on 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 12. It says, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. So to summarize, basically it's saying when you receive the Holy Spirit, right, the spirit of God in you, he pretty much gave you the, the wisdom, the um, the thoughts, let's put it that way, the thoughts of God in you, right, because his spirit now is in you. And um, also, there's um, other references that the Holy Spirit that says that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. So let's say since you received salvation and you're a completely new creation in your spirit, right? Not in your mind, in your body. The mind is constantly changing, <laughs> um, hopefully being renewed by the word of God. But your spirit is, is a complete new creation. Um, 
but it says since now you have received the Holy Spirit in you, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. So in other words, just because I received the Holy Spirit doesn't mean now I'm perfect and I don't sin and I don't do or say the things that I shouldn't say or, you know, hurt people. So when I do that, I may still do that, right? In the flesh, because I'm still living in a flesh and a world, in a worldly world. Uh, every now and then I may still sin and, uh, you know, as they say, fall off the bandwagon. But... Um, you get back on basically, but it says when you do that, you're grieving, you're making the Holy Spirit that's in you sad, right? Um, and that's in Ephesians 4 30. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay, another scripture talks about that the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus, um, for whoever receives him to help us. It's he, he calls him the helper. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. So in other words, it's saying Jesus said that I have to go away because I'm in one body, but I'm going to send Holy Spirit for anybody who receives him, and the Holy Spirit will help you and teach you the things of God. Um, and then um, there's another verse that also talks about that Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And this is in Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Um, we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through worldless groans. So in other words, we there's things that happen in our lives all the time. And we go before God and pray, right, or ask for help. But sometimes we don't know how to pray. Sometimes we don't know, like, what's the right what's the right way of praying? Not that there's a right or wrong way, but maybe our intention, right? And, and it says when we have the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit presents our prayer to God in the right way, okay? Um, so we're concluding here that Holy Spirit is not an it. Holy Spirit is his person. Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God that Jesus sent to live in every single believer. Now, how can we get the Holy Spirit? Is it by our works? We have to work for it. We have to be good and, you know, keep all the Ten Commandments? No. Luckily for us, it's a gift from God. And that's Luke eleven thirteen says that. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Okay, so... Um, this has to be like an acknowledgement of us that we need the Holy Spirit and we ask God to give to give us the Holy Spirit. But it's it's a gift. It's not something like God will have a check mark and say, well, were you good today? You know, like Santa, I saw you did this yesterday, therefore I'm not going to give it to you. It's not based on our works. It says that it's a gift, and if we ask God, he will give it to us. Okay, now um, this is the fun part. This is the exciting part that I've been waiting um to share with you guys these are the benefits of having the holy spirit and uh honestly life is so much better and easier and more joyful and more peaceful uh, and more fun when you have the holy spirit in you why so i'm going to go into scripture and show you guys why okay galatians 5 22 says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, who does not want to have these qualities, right? We were, I mean, if you think about it, pretty much everything we do is to, to get to this level of having joy, uh, of having peace. Like, I want to have peace. I want to have joy. Um, I want to have goodness in me. I want to have self-control. Like, how many people will say, well, I don't really want to do that, or I don't want to have that habit, but I just, I just cannot help it. So then in other words, they're saying, I don't have self-control, right? Like people that are addicted uh, to one thing or another, they say, I cannot help it because I'm addicted. They're definitely in some kind of bondage, right? We can all be in some kind of bondage one way or the other. But apparently, if we have the Holy Spirit, he can help us out of it, right? We can't do it in ourselves, but we can do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, and it's like so many different adjectives in there, right? Gentleness, goodness, kindness. Like sometimes we want to be kind, but we can't. But the Holy Spirit will empower us to be kind, right? And um, just to have that peace. Like a lot of times we're looking for peace in different places. And our peace is kind of related to our circumstances. And if our circumstances are good, and if the people in our lives are good, or they're doing good, or... Uh, if our peace depends on that, then our peace is up and down. And a lot of times we don't have it or even our joy. But this scripture is saying that if you have the Holy Spirit in you, no matter what your circumstances are, you have these things in you, which is amazing, right? Because our circumstances change all the time. And a lot of times we don't have control over them. So that's the good news. Okay. Um, Romans 5.13 says, I love this verse and I memorize it because it says, it talks about joy and peace and hope, which is what most people want, right? So it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So um, I think this is an amazing promise. It says, may the God of hope fill you. So he's talking about filling you no matter what point of life you're in, what you're going through, what your circumstances are. It says, may God can fill you with joy and peace. Like God wants you to have joy and have peace. How? As you trust in him, as you put your trust in him versus in people and things and finances and circumstances. But you're putting, you're saying, Lord, you're above all that. You have control over that. I'm trusting you with that. Therefore, I'm letting go of my worry and anxiety and fear and all that. And I'm receiving the joy and peace that you have in me through the Holy Spirit. Your word says you can, you know, talk to God and remind him of his promises. Not that he forgets. It's really more for us than for him. And say so your word says that I can overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't your Holy Spirit in me? And right now I'm asking to just like be being overflowing with hope, which I think that's an amazing promise especially nowadays, like during the last times that we're living in. Um, another great promise is fear. It says you don't, God, since you became the child of God, that you don't have, the spirit of fear cannot control you anymore. I mean, you guys think about how the spirit of fear is controlling the media, the people, people take actions, doing this and that, just because they're controlled by a spirit of fear so I'm afraid this is going to happen. Therefore, I have to do this. I got to take this action, that action. Yes, in some instances, it makes sense to be guided and 
make the right decisions, but constantly the media is just pumping fear into people. And look what this verse says. It says, in uh, uh, verse 13, it says, the spirit you received does not makes you does not make you slave, um, so that you may live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought you uh, adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So the Bible clearly says that since you became the child of God, since you received the Holy Spirit, now you have a spirit of sonship. Now you are a son and daughter of the creator of the world, of God himself. There is no spirit of fear in you. If you feel fear, it's coming from outside against you. It's not in you, right? So it says you receive the spirit of sonship and you don't have, it says you don't have to leave, live in fear again. Some of you might say, are you serious? How can you not live in fear? Well, this is how, by trusting God, by knowing that you are his or hers precious possession and when you talk to him, when you cast your cares on him, when you tell him about what you're going through or what your problem is, that he cares. He cares for you. He cared enough for you to send his son to die on the cross for you, right? So he cares about every little detail in your life. So that's how you cast your cares on him and not put up with the spirit of fear. I'm not saying the spirit of fear will not come against you. It will most probably every day to try to come come against you and you have to reject it you have to say i will okay you guys practice just say it right now i will not fear say it again i refuse to have fear i will not fear i have the spirit of sonship the bible says i do not have the spirit of fear and i will not receive the spirit of fear so if the spirit of fear is trying to come on you just say stop i will not receive you i will not receive the spirit of fear and i rebuke you in jesus name that, that's what the Bible says. It says it's not in you. So if you feel fear, where is it coming from? It's from the outside, right? It's a spirit that's coming against you from the outside. Um, okay, so another thing that I want to share with you guys is what happens when you uh, truly become the child of God, right? When with your heart you receive um, the gift of salvation and God's spirit is deposited in you. Well, these are your privileges, your rights now. So listen carefully. Uh, right now you become like at the moment you receive Christ as your uh, savior with all your heart. You now become sons and daughters of the most high God, right? He calls you his precious possession. Uh, now you have the spirit of power, of love and self-discipline in you. In you, you have the spirit of power and love and self-discipline. Now you have the spirit of truth in you. Like people might come and say and this and that, and you might say, no, I don't agree with that. Somehow I just, it just doesn't sit right with me because I don't agree with that. I don't accept it as the truth. The truth is God's word. That's what I believe in. Um, right now, he is your comforter, your counselor. You can literally go to him and say, Holy Spirit, uh, this is what's bugging me. And I need wisdom in knowing what to do. I have to make a decision and I don't know which route to go. And this is when you pray, like when you ask to God, it says the Holy Spirit literally is your counselor. It will guide you. It will speak to you and it will make you comfortable in your soul, in your mind. Um, it also says that the Holy Spirit will help you when you feel weak. 
Now, weak in what? Weak physically weak, mentally weak, uh, whatever, in any way. You ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Holy Spirit, give me strength to do this job. Holy Spirit, give me a sound mind. Uh, Holy Spirit, give me rest from this. You can ask Holy Spirit for anything uh, according to God's perfect will. And remember when I read that verse um, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. So those are your rights and privileges as the children of God. And you can ask the Holy Spirit to to, uh, help you experience those. Okay, and it says he will teach you all things of God. How? How can the Holy Spirit teach me things of God? Well, first of all, like this is a higher level of intuition of what's right, what's wrong. Well, for example, you, you may clearly hear if you're making a decision, don't go that route. Don't go there. Don't buy that. Don't, you, you can clearly like sense it in your spirit that this, some, this just feels wrong or, I just, or don't get on that plane. I just don't have peace about traveling or I just right now, or I just don't have, you just, he will just remove the peace from you. If it's something he doesn't want you to do, or if it's not going to benefit you, but it's going to hurt you. Um, and at the same time, again, he can fill you with joy and peace and hope, right? You can be in the midst of chaos where everybody's freaking out. They're worried. They're scared of what's going to happen uh, in the future to us, to our families, to our kids. And you may just say, you know what? Uh, I somehow just have peace. I'm not scared and I have hope and I even have joy, you know, and they'll look at you funny. Like, are you serious? How can you have all these things? Well, because you have the Holy Spirit, right? Um, It also says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in prayer, which I went over that. And one more thing that I want to say is that you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So your body is now the temple of God, right? Um. So another thing that the Holy Spirit helps you is for you to walk by faith. So a lot of times you can see people are just like worried, anxious, scared, and they might say, how come this thing doesn't bother you? You just have to say, I don't know. I just have faith that God will take care of it, that God will help us, that God will answer our prayers, that he will come through. I just, and they'll look at you funny. Like what, what proof do you have of that? What, how, what guarantee do you have of that? Well, this is where the life of a Christian is different than a life of a non-believer because the Bible says the righteous shall walk by faith. Now, is faith something tangible that I can feel, touch, see, and show? No, it says faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you cannot see. So it's kind of like this knowing, this, this feeling of from believing that goes from believing to knowing. I just know. I just have this good feeling that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay let's say. Okay. So that's the difference that he fills you with hope, with joy as you trust in him, right? Faith is being sure of what you hope for is certain of what you cannot see. Now, so there's all these amazing benefits of having the Holy Spirit in you. Of course, we have a role to play in uh, bringing the fruit of the Spirit out in our, in our physical life, like in our mind and our soul and in our body and our thoughts and decisions. And our part, for us to be aligned with the Holy Spirit that's in us, we have to take an active role of learning about God's word. Now, the enemy will fight you. There is so many like podcasts and messages and news and entertainment all day long and busyness with work that goes on that who has time really to sit and read the Bible and to meditate on it and like 
some people will say, we, yeah, we grew up with this denomination. We know what's in the Bible, but not really. Have you read the Bible from front to back by yourself? And you might say, well, not exactly, but I don't exactly understand it either. So that's why there's many different now easy to read translations like the New International Version, New Living Translation. Uh, there's tons of Amplified Bible that where they make it very easy to understand the Bible. You can order a Bible with those translations so you can understand. But this is how you will experience the fruit of the Spirit. You have to get, first of all, give give God time in your life. You have to have your quiet time with God where you meet with him every day, have a quiet place in your house, wherever you live. You can start with five minutes a day. You might say, are you kidding? I don't even have time to brush my teeth in the mornings. But you know what? God will give you strength. If you have to wake up 10 minutes earlier than you do, do it. You know, start that way and just be still in the presence of God and let him talk to you. And you can talk to him, tell him what's on your mind, but at the same time, give him time to talk to you and maybe read once, start with reading one paragraph in Bible, okay? Start reading in the, in the New Testament or start reading Proverbs, which is all wisdom, especially for young people. Um, but read scripture during your quiet time, okay? So that's your quiet time. Then you have to be part of a community of believers, which it comes, you know, the Bible says that we are the body of Christ, that Christ is the head but his body are his children, are believers. And every believer has a different role, different part um, to accomplish God's will. So you need to be connected to a body of believers and go to a church where you can connect with people, right? And hear the message and uh, maybe volunteer or get to know people, get into small groups. And then I would say just continually educate yourself by watching Christian programs. There's tons of podcasts and but you have to be careful. So if there's messages that don't align with the word of God and they say they're Christian and uh, somehow it just doesn't, you know, doesn't sit right and you pray about it and you still don't have peace about it, then I'm not saying every podcast, every Christian program is the right one. There's tons of out there, but you have to kind of spend time researching and learning and praying. And um, basically you're just depositing the word of God in you, right? Which is through scripture. So if people tell you this is what the Bible says, unless you read the Bible, you don't know whether to agree or disagree. You're just going to go with the flow and say, okay, I agree. I believe that. But you have to know the Bible yourself. You have to read it. That's why it's important to be in small groups. And then that's where you have, when you have questions, you can ask. And somebody else who's been there and has the answer will help you, right? So that's how you're growing in your faith. And this is how the fruit of the Spirit will be evident in you because now you're learning the word of God because this is how the Holy Spirit works by the word of God. That's the final authority. So when we know the word now in our mind and we trust it and we believe it because we keep doing life with God, then we become under the submission of the Holy Spirit so that then we can hear the Holy Spirit clearly, right? Uh, like those channels are open now. The Holy Spirit can clearly talk to you and say, I need you to call this person now and say this, right? Uh, he might be doing that now, but you can't hear it because you're not in the word. We can't recognize, is it God? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it me? Is it the devil? I don't know. Therefore, I'm not going to do anything, right? But if you know the voice of the Holy Spirit because you have spent time enough in the word with other believers researching. So in other words, with all your heart, 
you've been seeking after God, these all these benefits of the Holy Spirit are going to come out of you and not only bless you, but bless the people around you. And remember, we were created for God, for his pleasure and for his purpose. Therefore, he has you covered. We don't need to continually be trying to protecting and uh, taking care of our own lives. Yes, we do our part, but to overly doing it, overly being anxious, overly preparing, overly providing, overly like stepping over where now it's affecting our health. I don't even have time to go to church. I don't have time to do quiet time because I have to, you know, work 24, seven days a week to provide. No, guys, that's not the Bible says. Yes, there's a balance to everything. And that's where it, that's where the scripture comes that the righteous walk by faith. We have to do our part. Uh, but there's a balance to it where we have time for God and to grow our mind, our soul, and learn and um, to walk by the Spirit of God. So <clears throat> there, if you might say, well, I think I already have the Holy Spirit. I, this is great, but, you know, I'm already doing good. But is it evident? If somebody looks at you, will they say this person is truly Christian? Like I saw, I saw sometimes people that I just pass away and I can just sense their spirit and I say, this person's I can tell they're a Christian because there's such a peace about them. There's such calmness about them. And when they smile, it's just like now their peace comes on you, you know. And then there's some people that are just like no matter what they say or do, you're like, Ugh, like I don't want to be around them. There's something dark about them. There's something that just bugs me. Um, of course, as believers, we're supposed to be ministers of the gospel. But again, that's another teaching that you have to know how to go about that. So. If, if the evidence of the Holy Spirit is not in you, in other words, if you don't have peace, people around you don't feel your peace, if you don't have joy, if you're not kind to people, if you're continually like just criticizing, judging, gossiping, and talking negative, uh, if you don't have faith, you're in fear, and you're trying to figure out every area of your life and control it, do everything you can, then most probably you don't have the Holy Spirit. Or if you do, you haven't submitted to it. And that's what I'm going to get into right now. Um, it's how to receive the Holy Spirit. And <clears throat> Acts 2.38 said, this is Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, you guys, there's three steps. You have... First of all, we have to acknowledge that we are sinners. No matter how much good works we do, we are still sinners. If you don't think you're a sinner, ask God to show you your sins, okay? <clears throat> so once you acknowledge you're a sinner, and we can be with God, with the holy, perfect God, if we're sinners. So we have to say, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Number two is be baptized, okay? I know a lot of us uh, will say, well, I was baptized as a child, or I just don't believe in that. But baptism is a symbol of dying with the cross, going under the water, right? Dying to your old self and coming out as Jesus was resurrected after three days, coming out with Christ as a new creation, as a new person. So, um, so once you truly repent and you're baptized, you, you understand the meaning of baptism, that your, your old self is dying. Now you become a new creation as you're coming out of the water. And then it says, uh, ask for the forgiveness of your sins, right? And then you will receive the gift. Remember, it's a gift that God gives us. I'm sorry, it's not a, it. He is a gift that God gives us, the Holy Spirit. We will receive the Holy Spirit. So there is a 
process to it. And one last thing that I want to reiterate uh, <clears throat> is a lot of you listening might say, I'm already a Christian. I, you know, you're preaching to the choir. However, if you haven't experienced what I've been talking about here, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you, then maybe you just had a mental acceptance and not a heart that you have surrendered to God. They are two different things, right? Mental acceptance of the story of Jesus is what religion plays. There's a spirit of religion that controls people. Mentally, they accept, yes, we accept the story of Jesus, virgin birth, three days raising after death, you know, from the two, we accept it in our mind. But there is no heart surrender. There is no Lord. I give you my heart. I want to serve you. I want to follow. I want to do things your way. I don't care how I feel about things. I'm going to submit to what you're telling me, how you're telling me to do it. That's a true repentance of heart. And if you guys don't have that, if there is no change in your life after you have become Christian, or you might say, I was just born in a Christian family, I would say, this is your opportunity, guys. This is your opportunity to say, Lord, just say the simple salvation prayer. I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe your son died on the cross to pay the price of sin instead of me. I receive that gift of salvation. And I want to honor you and live for you all the days of my life. I surrender my heart to you and I ask you to give me the Holy Spirit. I say this in Jesus' name, amen. It's a simple prayer that there's no right or wrong way about saying it. It's pretty much acknowledging you're a sinner, repenting from it, asking God's forgiveness, believe that your sin has already been paid by his son and you received that gift and that you want to serve God with all your heart. And serving God is really doing what he's telling you to do. And you would say, I don't know what he's telling me to do. You're right. <laughs> we don't exist. I mean, we have an idea of what's right or what's wrong. Thank God because of our conscience, right? But to truly honor him, we have to know what his word says. What, what does his word say about you, how you go, what you do at your work? How are you as a husband? How are you as a wife? How are you as a child? Um, what's your attitude toward the body of Christ? Do you help financially for, to preach the gospel? Do you tithe? Um, so there's many different areas that actually, all, all different areas of our lives that the Bible will guide us. And when we say we surrender our heart, we're saying, I'm not going to do it my way anymore. I surrender. I'm going to do it your way. So that's true repentance, guys. But if you have just like a head knowledge, mental acceptance, but there is no true repentance in your heart, like I, for example, this person was so mean to me and they ruined my life, I can never forgive them. Then you truly don't have the Holy Spirit. Because if, you're tr if you truly have the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will nudge you and bug you all the time till you forgive. All right? You cannot commit the same sins as before and enjoy it. You'll be miserable doing the same sins as before. You're going to say, this is not right. I just don't feel right about this anymore. I used to like it. I used to enjoy it. Now, for example, if you're in the bondage of alcohol, drugs, pornography, you might say, I just don't, I don't know. I don't care for it anymore. It doesn't bring me joy anymore. You know, you know, the Bible says there's temporary um, pleasure and sin, but at the end it brings death, right? <clears throat> so um, hopefully you guys get this message. 
uh, of truly with all your heart surrendering to God, submitting to his will, learning his word, and letting these gifts of the Holy Spirit to come out of you, out of your spirit, and uh, in you. One, okay, a couple of things that I want to share with you guys is what exactly happens when we receive the Holy Spirit is his spirit, God's spirit, comes into you, into your heart, and it becomes one with your spirit. It's not like your spirit dies. I know I have said that before, but that's a mistake. Your spirit kind of intertwines with God's spirit. So see yourself, see your spirit yourself as illuminating light, perfect and holy. That's your perfect spirit that now is mixed with God's spirit that lives in you and wants to come out of you and wants to bless you in your mind, in your thoughts, in your action and bring you fruit in your life and accomplish God's will on earth. So there's a perfect version of you if you have truly surrendered your heart to Christ. Uh, there is a perfect version of you, perfect spirit that is part your spirit, part God's spirit, but now your spirit is is clean, right? You know, it's kind of like when you have a stain on your white clothes, you throw them in the washer and you throw Clorox in there and it comes out clean, perfectly clean white, right? White as snow. That's how your spirit is right now. Um, that the Romans 8, 16 says that it says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. and um, one last verse I want to share with you guys. I apologize. This podcast just went a little bit over, but this is the last scripture I want to share with you guys. It's 1 John 3, 24. It says, the one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. So it says, the one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. In other words, the spirit of God lives in you and you live in the spirit of God. And this is how we know that he lives in us because his, he gave us his spirit, right? His spirit lives in us. Uh, but this is just such an amazing uh, revelation that I believe there's so many churches, denominations that have missed it. And there's no power. They're pretty much just playing religion. It's a ceremonial thing. You go to church, you do, you know, the ceremony, come back, nothing in your life changes. Everything is the same. Everything is chaos. Um, no victory in any area. It's because it's it has become a head knowledge, not a heart repentance. And they haven't received the gift of Holy Spirit where they submit to it with all their heart. Okay, you guys, hopefully this teaching has brought some revelations as far as the who the Holy Spirit is and as and. Holy Spirit's amazing, his amazing benefits. Uh, and if you still have any doubt, there's a story in the Bible about uh, the virgins. Uh, I think it was the 10 virgins. I'm not sure um, that have the oil and the lamp and which ones go enter uh, to the um, uh, bridegroom's wedding and which ones don't. And that has to do with the Holy Spirit. So if you can find that story, I'm sure you can <laughs> research it. Uh, you will see that those who have the Holy Spirit are the ones um, that will be in heaven. And people that just played head knowledge, they will not be because they haven't received the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So um, hopefully this teaching has blessed you and you can dig deeper into it yourself as you do your own research. But until the next teaching, God be with you and God bless you.